Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, all those billions and billions and billions of podca- podcast applications. <laughs> Great to have you on board once again with me today. Always appreciate it. And, well, it's a little bit odd. Of course, it's Wednesday, not Thursday, the regularly scheduled Wednesday Brave the Wild podcast during the regular season and postseason, potentially, depending on weather conditions. But this will be the last of the regularly scheduled Thursdays in terms of I'm going to still do the show, of course. I'm going to still do the show as regularly as I can. It's just I'm not going to be able to keep a set schedule. The releases will be sporadic because of the lawn cleanup situation, obviously, with my work situation. So it'll be a little tougher to do this on a, oh, like literally Thursday, 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 Thursday. It might end up being Wednesday. It might end up being Friday. It might end up being Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, whatever the heck it is. Rainy days and Sundays, basically, is where this show will probably be recorded during the course of the rest of this season into the postseason. And obviously, once it gets into the off season with the draft and free agency, of course, those are usually, you know, just the same way. Rainy days and Sundays, that kind of thing. So, just giving you a heads up, I'll do my best to keep up with the podcast. I'll absolutely keep up with the team 100% like I always do, because that would be kind of crazy if I didn't. But keeping up with uh, releasing the show, I'll do the best I can. Absolutely best I can. Hopefully, the longest possible hiatuses will be like two weeks instead of like the usual one week. You know, once one show a week, maybe it's two weeks. So, hopefully, that's the longest possible hiatus in this situation and knowing springtime it probably will be well the minnesota wild have played outstanding hockey since the last episode last thursday they're three and oh sorry maybe that's more properly said as uh, outstanding uh, outstanding yep you know canada yeah okay sorry well they have been outstanding generally speaking not the most exciting games every single night especially that two uh, three to two game where i think the wild could have won much easier but well, it is what it is there. <laughs> Fiala had a pretty scary turnover with uh, <laughs> Evander Kane in that game. That's probably why Fiala ended up getting benched in the second period in the Saturday night game. I got to feel bad for Martin Jones a little bit. He played in both games. That can't be easy. And it's just it's a situation now. They dealt away Devin Dubnik, so Martin Jones has to play almost every night. I can imagine he's just exhausted. And he's already not the best goalie in the world, so <laughs> yikes. It was a frightening turnover, though, to be quite honest. Uh, frightening uh, by Kevin Fiala. He had the puck. Vander Kane kind of poked a little bit, and then Fiala was like, oh, uh, whoops. And then, yeah, Evander Kane was all by himself with Cam Talbot. That was the last goal of the game, but it was an awful turnover. And again, that's why I do believe Mr. Fiala was benched when he had a similar turnover that did not result in a goal, thank you, Lord, in uh, the next game, the 5-2 victory for the Minnesota Wild. Kevin Talbot's been left uh, hanging on occasion with plays like that, but I guess every goal he goes through that kind of nonsense. Uh, Nick Benino, first goal of the game was obviously off of a turnover. That was pretty cool. <laughs> you got to like that. It was just a one-timer basically off of San Jose there. Great, uh, great play. Thank you very much for that. Uh, 
<laughs> that fourth line's been outstanding, haven't they? They've been outstanding. Uh, Parisi, Benino, and Nico Sturm. So uh, Benino's been playing on the wing. Sturm's moved over to center, and my goodness, uh, there's been talk on the uh, Judd's Hockey Show about Sturm should probably move up. Uh, as, as great as this group is playing together, the fourth lines have been awesome. Absolutely awesome. Parisi, Benino, and Sturm have just been freaking awesome. Uh, but it's like Sturm should probably be center. They should at least give him a shot to be center with the Kaprizovs, the Fialas, this and, that, this and that, especially Fiala for terms of getting him going, so to speak. And hopefully Fiala can be a little bit more careful with the puck. That's why he ended up getting benched for the rest of the second period on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, Sturm's speed, his skating is really good. Uh, there's something there, man. There really is. Because he's obviously got skill. He can handle the puck. He can pass and he can shoot. Uh, the, the goal he had in the Saturday night game was like, my goodness, where he just exploded basically towards the net. Looked like he was going to make a move, stopped, and then did a wraparound, which, you know, those don't always result in goals, but he really found a way. He really drew Martin Jones off, and his speed and quickness and puck handling tells you something. I mean, there is, there's really something to Sturm. There really is. It's kind of hard to imagine that he was actually benched for a few games a couple weeks ago. And again, talk was he wasn't finishing his checks. But uh, in a lot of ways, I guess that's a good thing to get Sturm to kind of appreciate everything about his position and his job out there. Because once he does, holy cow, he might have been a damn good player. Uh, he has a skill set that could land him in the middle six. Maybe even the top six someday. Uh, middle six, very, very strong possibility. Like at least a really super good third line center. And yes, center. Definitely not on the wing. He's good on the wing. He's good in the wall. He's a good battler, this and that, good checker. But with his speed and ability, I think he needs to play center all the time. And Bob, uh, obviously with the position being an absolute position of need throughout the National Hockey League, it is the most valuable position other than goaltender in the NHL. Uh, and when you have a guy like that, I mean, you really got something there. I, I feel blessed that Nico Sturm is on the Minnesota Wild roster, to be quite frank. And guys like Parisi and Benino feel the same. Obviously, Benino and Cole's uh, value to the locker room and lately on the scoreboard in Benino's case, holy cow, uh, have been invaluable as well. This team, there is a chance that this team could go on a legitimate playoff run. I'm saying that now as this show might be, you know, the, show, the release of the show might be delayed longer than normal between shows. Maybe it will be just once a week, just on different days, random days, five days, eight days, nine days, but uh, however long it takes. But uh, with with there is something with this team. They could go on a playoff run this year if they continue to play consistent hockey. I'm not expecting them to win 5-2 to two every night, of course, because that's it's not going to happen. You had games like 9-1 to one versus St. Louis, and, well, that might happen in some playoff games. That doesn't mean you lost the series, thankfully. you got The other team's got to win four games to knock you out. So we've had some rotten games in playoff series that we ended up winning. I mean, Colorado kicked our ass a couple times in those series that we ended up winning. St. Louis kicked our ass in the series we beat them. And, of course, the series they beat us, we got a bajillion shots on net. Not all of them were actually real legitimate chances, but they were a lot of shots, and, you know, Jake Allen stopped them all, and, yeah, that's a topic that gets tiring after a while, I'm sure. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Kapil Kakinen now are the two best goalies of all time, or two best goalies, two best rookies of all time in the Minnesota Wild. Even though Kakinen did play last year, didn't count as a rookie because it was so limited uh, ice time, uh, time between the pipes, so to speak. Kapil Kakinen has the most wins in franchise history for a rookie goaltender, beating, <laughs> beating <laughs> Darcy Kemper, who had some really good moments early on, especially against the Los Angeles Kings, and now he's wound up being a pretty solid goalie for Arizona. Though so that team has just been so depleted, I feel for them. Interestingly enough, though, right now they would be in the postseason, but St. Louis has three games in hand with only one point deficit. So do the math there. St. Louis probably makes the playoffs, but not ahead of the Minnesota Wild the way it's going. As long as the Wild don't uh, completely tailspin against them in the how many games we got left, like six, like five or six games remaining. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is the leading uh, scorer all-time for a Minnesota Wild rookie in only 44 games, by the way. 18 goals, 19 assists. And the goal he had <laughs> in the, that was the 5-2 to two win was on Saturday night, was unbelievable in terms of, not because that he scored, but the fact that, you know, once again, as I see this happen all the time with Kirill Kaprizov, he'll, like, say, 
whatever team it is, is re- regaining possession of the puck, you know, in your zone, of course, the off- well, not your zone, the offensive zone, their own zone, their defensive zone, your your offensive zone. Um, they regain the puck. Kirill Kaprizov challenges the defender, the defenseman that's trying to bring the puck out, just literally stuffs the guy. And it's, it's happened multiple times. It happened in Arizona where, he, where they ended up scoring a few moments later. He ended up getting assist on... I believe it was Fiala's goal. I believe it was. It was a Fiala goal. Um, believe so. Yeah, well, Fiala kind of attacking the net. The puck kind of bounced off the goaltender right to Fiala uh, after Kaprizov kind of attempted a wraparound after knocking the puck away. But uh, this is what happened to San Jose where Kaprizov literally stuffed the puck. It, it wasn't even a poke check, just like that, like a just stuff. It was so beautiful. Regained possession, got the puck to Zooks who then tried to uh, center the pass to Fiala, who <laughs> fanned on it, and then Kaprizov scores. Yeah, yeah, you know, Kaprizov didn't fan on it. Just unbelievable. So cool. <laughs> Wasn't that cool? And again, 5-2 to two win Saturday night. Minnesota plays some fantastic hockey against the Sharks. And I had a feeling the Wild would sweep the Sharks because of the goalie situation is really bad now. Martin Jones is a mediocre to below average goalie. I have nothing against the guy. He's just not that good. Um, but the fact, and then the fact that he's literally all by himself, I mean, he's kind of screwed, you know, I mean, I feel bad for him. I don't know what just happened here to this thing, but, uh, he, he was, uh, you know, he's completely screwed right now all by himself, basically with, you know, some rookie un, you know, some rookie minor league, whatever type of goaltending situation. It's a tough deal. So they're afraid to really put the other guy in there. And well, he got eight goals against in two games, which chalks up to a four goals against average. That's not fun. Goalies don't like to look at their goals against average and seeing a four. That's pretty rough. But a nice little cute little series for the Wild, of course. And yes, we can't get fat and happy on beating up in Arizona and San Jose, though then again, our record is fat and happy. And St. Louis has not done their job in taking care of, uh, taking care of that. Minnesota has beaten Vegas many times this year, who was in first place. But Colorado's got two games in hand and only a one-point deficit. That sounds familiar with St. Louis there. <laughs> Colorado's still probably the most dangerous team on the planet right now. Until Grubauer gets tired or gets hurt, then Colorado's effed. And I think that's a scenario that could lead to the Minnesota Wild actually coming out of this division and going to the conference final. We'll call it the Campbell Conference Final because we don't know if it's the West or not. I guess it is the West because it's the West division, but there is no West uh, Conference. <laughs> Minnesota Wild did defeat the Arizona Coyotes, though. And yes, Capo Kakinen was a net in the 5-2 to two victory. So here's where I feel happy is that Capo Kakinen has gotten some, some ice time here. He's, he's gotten between the net... And I feel good about that. Uh, hopefully he gets in the net again. Uh, Declan Goff also made a statement about how he should be in net. Him being uh, and should be in net at least six more times in the next 13 games. That was before this uh, Arizona game. An understandable Talbot was a net for this one. Very solid performance again, generally speaking. Jacob Scheichrin is just having an awesome year. Continues to look good out there. Uh, he had a frustrating for himself. He had a penalty <laughs> in the game, and that Wild ended up scoring moments later. That felt good. The Wild power play just continues to be outstanding. Um, Kirill Kaprizov again. Another power play goal. Marcus Johansson power play goal. And Jonas Berdin an empty netter much later to make it 5-2. to two. Uh, Carson Soucy, 14 assists now on the year. Cole with four. Uh, Shikrin, Kodolagoski, <laughs> that was another play. That got the Arizona Coyotes making it three to two, kind of a bit closer. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's funny how the Sharks scored uh, goals really early in both games, and I'm just backtracking here for a second. Uh, Brent Burns scored for like the 99th time against the Wild, and you know since he's gone to the Sharks because he just always scores against us. This one was pretty far away, and Cabo Kakinen told Dean Evison, "This will be my last bad goal. This will be my, you know, that's that that's my bad goal for tonight." And then that was it. It was just five to two. Much later on, much later on in the game, and the Wild ended up winning five to two with Cam Talbot also against the Arizona Coyotes. And I love those uniforms. Those classic, classic uniforms. Love them very much. Uh, Kemper, obviously, all of them. You know, Kemper did not have the best night, and of course, he's just coming back after a long layoff. So unfortunately for him, he wasn't sharp. And for the proof, <clears throat> goalies coming back from long layoffs, they don't play well. You know, it's one thing a guy rests a bit, maybe a couple games, and then gets back out there, rather than being out there almost every game or every other game and then struggling. But um, long layoffs, two to three 
four-week layoffs are not good for goaltenders. They just never are. Uh, goalies end up usually struggling at the beginning of the season, oftentimes. That's where you get those higher-scoring five-to-four games. Uh, usually when it's, say, we'll call it uh, October, when it's a normal season. Hopefully this year the Wilds' regular season starts in October. We'll see. Maybe November at the latest. <laughs> apologize here. Uh, Jewel Erickson Eckhall uh, backtracking again to the San Jose game. That was hilarious. He had a goal off his chest as well again. And it's like, if you're going to score that way, I guess you'll score somehow. It is what it is. You know, he hadn't scored in a while. He's been kind of generally quiet, even though his total numbers for the season are solid still. Uh, Greenway had a very rare goal because he just never scores. Most of his points are assists against Arizona. Just a fun, solid game against the Arizona Coyotes. I enjoyed it. Uh, Benino, two assists. Wow, he just continues to rack up the points, and Parisi continues to play fantastic. He didn't score in this one, but he did get points in both of the uh, both of the San Jose games, including a goal in the uh, second San Jose game. But overall, a fun trifecta of games. Parisi suddenly is one of the kind of sort of leading scorers on the wild now, if you can believe that. <laughs> I mean, when you consider guys like, you know, Greenway and Eck and Brodeen are ahead of him, it's like, okay, but, well, they're having fantastic years. Parisi's tied with Brodeen with 18 points, 36 games for Parisi, of course, missing with COVID this year. At least he doesn't get those banged-up injuries like he normally does, the poor guy. The shooting percentage is still pretty low because he puts the puck, uh, he shoots a lot. One of the only, the only other prominent player with the lower shooting percentage is Jared Spurgeon, 0.67. Uh, of course, Dumba, I guess, 0.83. So both of them really struggling. Parisi at 0.92. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, Kirill Caprice up 159. That's awesome. So basically almost, yeah, that's pretty good. Almost 15% or 16%. Man, he's unbelievable in that case. So Kirill, spectacular, about 18%. He has 10 goals now. He had the multi-goal game against the Sharks last weekend. 27 points on the year. Uh, nice to see Zuccarello. I mean, he'll go through these quiet stretches on occasion, and then he'll just go right back out there, and, and uh, he'll, he'll get hot again. Clearly, he's a way, way different player than he was a year ago with that uh, wrist situation, the wrist injury. Playing with a wrist situation that still hadn't really healed. Something just wasn't right. Maybe hadn't healed correctly. Uh, and then he had some surgery to kind of correct probably some of the motion on his wrist, and Maybe get rid of some of that pain. Uh, maybe there was some scar tissue in there. That could have been part of the problem. Uh, I can relate. I can really relate. As I mentioned a few episodes back with Derek Falskov, crease and assist, who you'll hear from uh, today as well. But uh, look at Zigarello. I mean, he's just had an awesome season, generally speaking. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, the fact he's the complete player that he is makes him very likely the best player in franchise history. Going forward, obviously, it's going to, he's not officially there yet because, you know, it takes time. It's just one season, but likely, very likely, he's the best player in franchise history because he's got the Gabrick skill. He's got the ability to score and the skating and all that, but then he adds other uh, unbelievable strengths that Gabrick did not have. Uh, Gabrick played basically no defense out there. He didn't really challenge players. He'd maybe check a guy here and there because it's just part of the game a little bit. Uh, maybe a poke check here and there, knock the puck away. Of course, it's got to happen once in a while, right? Even to the the weaker defenders, they're, they're still going to be a, a fa- they're still going to do something. But um, Kaprizov, you can tell there's just he's, there is a complete game there. The way he's like way ahead of everyone else in scoring, goals and assists now both. Well, not a, he's uh, Greenway's actually got one more assist than him, which is really funny when uh, when you think about it. But uh, now he's now he's the leading goal scorer as well as Kaprizov opened things up, getting more assistant goals, obviously trying to get his teammates going and feel good about feel good about him on the roster and everything before he starts, uh, quote-unquote, getting selfish and uh, getting more goals, so to speak. And obviously, it's a, it's a good kind of selfish. It's the kind of selfish that's uh, good because we win more games. If you actually shoot the puck and uh, give the wild chances to score and win the game, obviously the object of the game is to put the puck in the net. And Kirill Kaprizov has, uh, has been doing that very nicely. Uh, very nicely. Hopefully Kevin Fiala can control the puck a bit better. Obviously scary, scary moments out there. Multiple turnovers. Uh, one that got him benched, and another that obviously gave up a goal that put the Sharks right back in the game, a 3-2 game. I mean, if you're going to turn the puck over, too, I mean, it was the Vander Kane who's by far their best goal scorer right now. Uh, and one final note that I should mention before we get to the awards for the week, so to speak, is Patrick Marlowe. What an amazing run. Uh, tied Gordie Howe for games played all time when he was playing against the Minnesota Wild last Saturday. 
And then Ryan Suter did something that was awesome. Uh, he had all the players come over to Patrick Marlowe and shake his hand. Wasn't that cool? So a really cool moment there. You got to see a Patrick Marlowe, one of the most respected players in the history of the NHL. And he actually was drafted the same uh, drafted in the same draft as Joe Thornton. So Jumbo Joe and Patrick Marlowe went one and two all overall in the draft. Jumbo Joe to Boston, eventually with the Sharks later on, uh, in a big move. And then uh, Patrick Marlowe has been with the Sharks most of the time. A short stint with Toronto. That wasn't the best thing ever, but it is what it is. Only eight points on this season, but he's, he's, he's older than me. I mean, he's, he's older than me. Oh, no, no, he's slightly younger. That's interesting, but he must have got out of high school earlier. <laughs> That's on me right there, right? He got out of high school pretty young. He was 17. Good for him. September 15, 79. He's younger than me. So he's not 42. Shame on anyone, everybody calling him that. He's actually a little bit younger than I am. He's 41. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty old. He did play with Pittsburgh, didn't he? Wow, he did. I, I forgot about that. But the worst part is no Stanley Cups. Oh, I feel bad. I, I wish he won a Stanley Cup. I really wish Patrick Marlowe won a Stanley Cup. But uh, it just didn't happen. You know, some playoff runs with San Jose that didn't, you know, result in the final happy day. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, because yeah, he was on the 16 team that lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, <laughs> And he was on Pittsburgh a little bit, little, a lot later for a very short time. That was a quick little stretch. And then he went back to San Jose one more year again. That was for the postseason last year. The Sharks acquired him, or excuse me, the Penguins acquired him to try to make a playoff run, which, you know, didn't happen, unfortunately, for Pittsburgh. Um, 45 games, and again, most games ever, 17-68. Man, Patrick Marlowe, awesome run, and most respected player in the league, pretty much. Him and Jumbo Joe, and it's funny how they both played on the Sharks most of their career. Uh, number two overall in 97, right behind Jumbo Joseph. Pretty cool. Jumbo Joe is definitely a little older than me, though. He really is 42, from what I remember. Um, but uh, not that that matters that much at this moment. Just very cool how long both of them have lasted. And Patrick Marlowe, congratulations on tying the Babe Ruth of hockey. doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. The <clears throat> Mike Madonna Award for this episode... Good Lord. Uh, it's kind of all over the place. <sighs> I think I'm going to go with Zuccarello. What a great uh, what a great run. But uh, Kaprizov, Kaprizov and Zuccarello are going to share it. Just, you know, he's just everywhere, Kaprizov. He does a little bit of everything. He finds a way. And, of course, the greatest uh, goal, the greatest, <clears throat> well, he's tied with he's tied with Gabrick for 18 goals. But he's got the 19 assists, so that makes him all time. And, of course, he's going to pass him. Uh, you know, knock on wood, he's going to pass him. <laughs> knock on wood, right? Everything's going to be okay, and he's going to pass him. <laughs> he's going to pass Gabrick in the, in the goals as well. Uh, get into the 40s here pretty soon. Uh, but amazing. Ultimately, I am going to give it to uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and it's obvious who the most viable player is on the Minnesota Wild. The James Shepard Memorial, I don't know. I mean, Fiala's got to control that puck a bit better. That's kind of scaring me a little bit. A little bit, little bit frustrating. He's managed to get some points, but he, I thought he had kind of an icky week. So I'm going to give a gentle one to Kevin Fiala. Again, it's hard to get too pissed off at anybody when you go 3-0. and Let Fiala control the puck a little better. He's starting to look like Dumba when Dumba had those bad moments. Starting to look like Dumba's bad days out there a little bit. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. Protect the puck a little better. But uh, again, that's just how that goes at the end of the day. Hopefully he'll be uh, a, bit, a bit more in control moving forward. With that said, we'll take a break and We'll kind of look around the schedule right after this. Segment number two, we'll preview the rest of the month, basically. Luckily, we play St. Louis three times in a row to wrap things up, so it's just like four games in a way, four teams, so to speak, because we'll see how the schedule goes, but, you know, it's only five more games, and, well, six more because you count Arizona. I previewed that one. I actually picked the Wild to lose this game. I don't think the Wild are going to lose this game. I, I don't. I don't think the Wild lose this game, actually. I think we win this one. Something final score, three to two, lower scoring type of game. Hopefully, no turnovers and I hope Kapokakinen's in net. He will be in net versus the Sharks or the Los Angeles Kings. I think it's going to be the Sharks at the end of the day. 
I would put Kakinen in tonight and then against the Sharks on Saturday if I was uh, Dean Evison, but I'm not. We'll see. And he's got to get in in one of the games against St. Louis, even though it's every other day. Every other day is still a fairly busy schedule. Uh, you don't want Cam Talbot in every single game. You, you just don't. I understand he's been a backup. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's more of a starter than a backup, though, throughout the course of his career. So, you know, there's, you know, he's he's obviously been around. You know, he's got some miles on him. And obviously you don't want to overuse either goaltender. And that's another reason I think this wild team could go on a playoff run because, well, you got two legitimate goaltenders moving forward into the postseason. Two goaltenders, you're not like, oh, my God, not him. Oh, we're dead. And who knows, maybe a goalie like that will save you anyway, even one that you think is dead. But the Wild will beat Arizona tonight 3-2, to two, most likely guy to score. We're going to go with Fiala. Kevin Fiala is going to say, Joey called me a James Shepard. Bleep you. Two goals. Two goals tonight for Kevin Fiala. What do you think of that? Los Angeles Kings are going to beat the Wild. I, I think they're one of those weird, you know, obviously we, we've played weird against this team during the course of the season. We've had some really nice games. We've had some weird ones. Matt Roy, COVID-19 protocol as of April the 3rd. Tobias Bjornfot, Bjornfot with an upper body injury and he left the game on Mars uh, 20, uh, okay, I'm just kidding, on March 31st there. Uh, Nick Bukestad has had an upper body injury for a while now, since the 6th of April. He's not been in the games. I haven't missed him all that much. No disrespect. I'm not trying to be a jerk to him or to uh, any fans that uh, like Nick Bukestad. I don't have anything really against the guy. But if I had a choice between Nico Sturm and Nick Bukestad, Nico, 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 yeah, Nico. You get the idea. But if Bukestad's back, we'll see. I'm guessing he won't be. You never know. This is the season finale. Season finale. The Kings trail the series five games to two. So the Wild obviously have already won a playoff series versus the Los Angeles Kings. We've had some crappy game against um, uh, the po This is the re. This is the game that was postponed earlier in the season, basically. Or maybe it wasn't. It actually wasn't. It was played already. And this is the season finale, the Wild lead. Five games to two. I think it's going to be five to three. I could be wrong, <clears throat> but, I mean, I don't think we're going to go undefeated the rest of the season. It's just unlikely. I got a feeling there's going to be one of those weird games. Calvin Peterson's going to kind of keep us in check a bit. Wild lose three to two against the Los Angeles Kings. Most likely got to score in this one is going to be Anze Kopitar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. He probably will. Jeff Carter was traded away to the Penguins. Pretty cool. They have been, you know, they have been, you know, stellar, so to speak. And Calvin Peterson's kind of the starter. He's been okay. He's been solid. He's gotten beat. Quick's gotten a couple of shutouts, including one against the Wild this year, which is annoying. But happens. Happens. Yeah, Wild just had a crappy game. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I want to believe the Wild will beat the Kings, and why shouldn't we? But ah, it's a weird matchup. I think the Wild do not beat the Kings. And I'm just being trying to be honest here. Going to be honest here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we could sweep this this uh, this weekend thing with Kings and Sharks. It's a back-to-back. I, I'm going to pick the Wild to not beat the Kings. I, I hope I'm wrong. Hope we just keep kicking ass. But I, I think the streak ends against the Kings. 3-2 win. Most likely got a score for Minnesota. Kirill Kaprizov, 19th goal. Beats Gabrick in both goals and assists. He's the all-time best rookie in much, much, much less games. Minnesota now plays the San Jose Sharks again for the 99,000th time. Yep, yeah, is this the season wrap-up for this one? You know how St. Louis, it's not going to be, because St. Louis, we hadn't played them until, like, you know, earlier in the month, and they had a couple of good games against, uh, we had one good game against St. Louis, and then they shellacked us 9-1. to Felt good. Felt real good. <laughs> then they beat us again. <laughs> Matt Nieto's been out with a lower body injury since March the 20th for the Shocks. The Shocks, this is the season finale. The Sharks, uh, the Wild would have beaten them in seven games. So he just won a seven-game series versus the Sharks. They were trailing 3-2, to two, and they went 87-91 and 91 twins on them. Kirby Puckett hit a home run, you know, right? Kirby Puckett hit a home run. That was a 3-2 to two game. No, actually, Vander Kane hit a home run that made it real scary at the bottom of the eighth. But then lucky uh, that uh, <laughs> Jeff Reardon, will say, shut down the uh, <laughs> Sharks in the ninth inning. <laughs> and then, okay, that was that would have been, yeah, Jeff Reardon, whatever. And then the 5-2, to two, more convincing win, just like the 4-2 to two win versus St. Louis in Game 7. Yeah, that's cute, isn't it? Sharks have been terrible. The Sharks will not beat the Wild. The Wild win, final score, 4-2. to two. Once again, I think the Wild win easily in this one. Martin Jones, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you. It's just if, if he's going to try to raise any value for himself going into the offseason, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy. I uh, hope he's... Uh, 
well uh, compensated to this point. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. San Jose Sharks do not uh, beat the Wild. 4-2 win for Minnesota. Most likely guy to score will be Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon is going to get another goal. What do you think of that? Let's go with Parisi. I'm going to go with Zach Parisi. He's going to keep up his uh, solid streak. Now we play the St. Louis Blues three games in a row, and we are not going to win all three of these. We are not. The Wild will win the first two, though, at home in Excel Energy Center, 26th, 28th. It's a Monday and a Wednesday, but then we lose on Friday? Yeah, Friday in St. Louis, I believe. I think we win both of the home games. That's my belief going forward. Well, so we'll get a couple. We'll have three wins in a row again and then lose to the Blues to wrap up the month of April and head into May where we continue to play this frustrating, tough team. Goaltending situation continues to be what it is. Uh, Jordan Bennington can be absolutely fantastic, and he's had some tough wins against Minnesota. 2.71 goals against average. Still no shutouts on the year. Save percentage, it was 90. Now it's almost 91, so good for him. David Perron continues to lead the club in scoring with 42 points. The overall goal-scoring leader is Ryan O'Reilly, who you could argue is the best player on the St. Louis Blues, and he had an amazing overtime goal to beat the Minnesota Wild 3-2 in an extremely frustrating fashion last time around. Marco Scandella, he's just, boy, he's Nick Schultz. That's all he is now. And again, no disrespect to Nick Schultz, but he was nothing special. Uh, St. Louis, again, as I was saying, had lost all, or excuse me, the Sharks have been losing every game lately. Uh, St. Louis Blues, their last two wins were against the Wild. And then the uh, 12th was postponed with the situation. Yeah, we know. Um, 9-1 to defeat over the Wild on the 9th. 3-2 to overtime victory over the Wild on the 10th. And then the Blues lost to Colorado, which might be a playoff series going forward. We'll see. 4-3. to I think they lose that series in like 6 at the end of the day. And the Arizona Coyotes, they lost to the Coyotes. That's a big win for Arizona on the 17th. Big, big win for Arizona. St. Louis will have to play Colorado twice before they play the Minnesota Wild. Now, I'll have to play three games in between. Hmm. So St. Louis, a bit of downtime in between, huh? A little bit there. Yeah, it's a five-game break from Arizona. That was several days ago. Dang. So five-day break. That's like a bye, basically, or something. Must be a bye week or something for them. Then they play Colorado, yep, uh, a couple times in uh, every other day before they play the Wild every other day, three games in a row. I think the Wild go 2-1 and one in this ditty at the end of the day. St. Louis... Blues have uh, multiple injuries at the moment. Yeah, there's that uh, Oscar Sundquist out for the year with uh, ACL. I mean, of course he's out for the year, March 19th. You don't just come back in a week from that or a month or whatever. Uh, Robert Thomas with a knee injury left the game on April the 9th. And Jordan Cairo is out with illness. Apparently not COVID because it would have said COVID, but we'll see. St. Louis is 20th in goals. Wilder 12th. Wow. Goals against 20th, <laughs> and the Wild are 7th in goals against, because Talbot and Kakanen have been pretty good most of the time, except for that 9-1 to game. St. Louis caught up to us in both categories in that game, didn't they? Power play, St. Louis is 16th, Wild are now 24th as we continue to climb down to 18%. Not bad. Penalty kill, if you want to beat the Blues, well, let's capitalize on that power play. Let's get hot. You know, hopefully the Blues can get some penalty minutes. They're 12th in the league in penalty minutes. The Wild are 26th. We've improved there, thank God. We were the worst team for about a month there. The worst uh, penalty kill. Fifth to St. Louis's 27th. See that? And again, all the Wilds power play has been insanely good in the month of April. That's how you beat the St. Louis Blues right now, is capitalizing that power play against that not-so-good penalty kill, which is about a little under 76% versus the Blues. Again, the Wilds go 2-1 and one in my opinion. We have multiple games postponed. You had the 2-0 victory over the Blues weeks ago. 9-1 demolition derby. God, that was bad. A frustrating overtime loss. Postponed game with the uh, Dante Wright. And then and now you got five games remaining versus the Blues. I don't think the Blues are going to knock the Wild out of the playoffs somehow or knock us into uh, fourth place or anything. They could. They could if, say, they dominate this series and, and win like 4-1 to one or something. They could. They could. But I think Minnesota gets two wins uh, out of this right now. And that would nod things up at 2-2 two to two if that were to... No, 3-2... to two, Three to three, I'm crazy. Three to three with my math here. That would nod things up at three to three, and then you'd have a decisive seventh game, and then an extra eighth game at the end there. Maybe to wrap things up four to four. Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> I'm just messing around, but uh, pretty cool when you think about that. Um, 
Five games remaining. Crucial, crucial opportunity for St. Louis. They're going to be very tough because obviously they're trying to make the postseason. And anybody that makes the postseason this year could go all the way. And I think the Minnesota Wild could go all the way. Uh, most likely got a score and the first game, Monday, will be... <laughs> it's going to be Dumba. Most likely got a score in game number two is going to be Parisi. Again, if you can believe that. He's had some good games against St. Louis. And then Kirill Kaprizov will score in the Friday game. Let's go with Kirill Kaprizov on Wednesday and Parisi on Friday. The Wild uh, end up winning. They're going to be some, I think these are going to be lower scoring. Like 3-2 to two Minnesota Monday. 4-3, to three, it'll be a little higher scoring on, on Wednesday. And then like 2-1, to one, like damn it, put it in the net. Maybe an overtime win or 3-2 to two overtime or shootout situation on Friday. But the Wild do not sweep the series. I hope, uh, I hope we do, but I'm thinking no. And then you still play them again on May the 1st, which will actually be four games in a row, I believe. May 1st, May Day, and then May 12th is the makeup for the uh, Dante Wright situation. I believe that's the season finale at the end of the day. Uh, with that said, we'll look at the prospects now, if we can possibly do that. And we will open things up with Adam Beckman. Let's go to the WHL for now. Adam Beckman, Spokane Chiefs, the phenom and such. Now he's at 16 points in 12 games, 9 goals, 7 assists, continuing to dominate in the WHL. Looking forward to him hopefully being permanent on Iowa next year. We'll see what happens with that, obviously, at the time, the age and all that. So he could be, have to be at least 20 years of age, and he's not there yet until May 10th. So good chance Adam Beckman, again, who at that point, it'll, it'll have been two seasons now in the WHL, uh, albeit this one was very uh, <laughs> short very short season in the WHL, depending on how long it lasts and all that. But, uh, hey, at least he's getting something going. I feel better for him. I feel better that he's out playing again. And, obviously, uh, he's had some experience in the AHL already, so I think things will move smoothly regarding uh, Adam Beckman into the AHL. I, I don't see any type of, like, oh, boy, I don't know if he can handle it. Uh, of course he can. He looked awfully good. His scoring dropped off a little bit, but it wasn't that much. It wasn't that much of a drop-off at the end of the day. Generally speaking, all the Euro leagues are pretty much done, this and that. So it's kind of looking at the AHL at this point. College is obviously wrapped up. Nestorenko, Lindbergh, all those guys. Uh, Lindbergh, and as of right now, for, to my knowledge, Lindbergh and Sam Henches have not, repeat, not uh, made their decision yet. But I'm guessing they're going to, my guess is, if I was a betting man, they're both staying in college. Uh, Henches for sure. Henches is staying. That's pretty much the talk that he is going to stay. Lindbergh, there's always a chance because he's played in two national championship games already. He's kept his goals against average under two, and now he's won the national championship after losing, unfortunately, to Duluth a couple of years ago. Unfortunately for him, anyway. Obviously, a lot of Minnesotans and people listening to the show were very happy that Minnesota Duluth won, and of course, Nick Sweeney. Uh, it looks like, again, his, his uh, ATO starts next fall, so that's my mistake right there, how I kept saying, oh, he's going to play, he's going to play. No, he's not. It's next fall. So his one-year deal type of thing with the ATO starts next year, the uh, amateur tryout. And then after that, hopefully a three-year contract or something, and then he can uh, be in the AHL, get called up to the NHL, and hopefully have some type of a NHL career. Wouldn't that be great? I think there's something there with Swainy. Uh, he's been a winner. He's got, you know, got a nice shot, this and that. There's, there's, a lot of, there's just a lot going on, I think, with Nick Swainy. I'm a, I'm a big fan, big fan. Of Nick Swainy. Another guy I'm a huge fan of is Matt Boldy. Holy crap, he's been great. Uh, Iowa, their schedule is all over the place, isn't it? Like, they, they play, they don't play. They play, they don't play. Um, it's always like five-day stretches in between games. Then they'll play back-to-backs. Boldy's at five points in five games. He had a two-point game last Friday. Really cool. One goal, one assist. A 5-3 to three loss to the Griffins. The Griffins. Really cool name, obviously. Uh, as you move forward there. That was a 5-4 uh, to four loss, loss to the Griffins. Boldy, multiple point game there. That was great. And then a 4-3 to three victory a few days later. I had it up and now I'm losing it here. I apologize. Uh, but Boldy's just been very consistent, generally speaking. Saturday the 17th, 4-3 to three win. That's what I thought against the Griffins. Grand Rapid uh, uh, Griffins of Michigan. So there you go. Matt Bartowski finally scored. Connor DeWer continues to be outstanding. Uh, Mitchell Chaffee, Damian Giroux, obviously two guys that might end up being Minnesota Wild teammates, Giroux and DeWeer, who've been just wonderful in Iowa. Absolutely wonderful. They can do a bit of everything. Both very young and both getting good. Uh, the other major thing that I didn't bring up 
all this time because I was just kind of, I, I just didn't even think about it. How Brandon DeHaim, the first Brandon DeHaim, pardon me, the uh, guy from Colorado, Coral Springs, Florida, and played for Providence and all that. Nice, solid player. Tough, tough guy who can, who can do a bit of everything. A lot of people think he could be an NHL player. Had nothing. Zero points in 13 games. Well, back-to-back games, a, a goal. So, good. Two goals in both of those uh, uh, Griffin games. Uh, so, that's good. A goal in back-to-back games. Right as I mentioned it to my friends on uh, MNW Prospects, you know, like uh, Justin Bakke, Pavel Bennett, uh, Brandon Quast, they're like, oh my, yeah, they're like, wow, he really didn't score, did he? And then, oh, he scored. It was like right when I said it, he scored the same day, actually. That was last Friday. He scored. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. And then he scored again the next day. So keep it up, Brandon DeHaim. Maybe maybe he's a listener. I doubt it, but maybe he is. Maybe maybe I'm important. Well, he's tied with Bryce Misley now. Bryce Misley with, uh, in seven games has a goal and an assist, but two goals for Brandon DeHaim. Good for him. Uh, Louis Belpedio's at five points on the year. He's been playing fine, just not racking up a ton of points, though he had a couple of good games in a row there about about two weeks ago. Connor DeWeer, uh, Kalen Addison, Damian Giroux, just been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, Connor DeWeer had kind of been almost like the MVP on the team, and now Damian Giroux's really been stepping up. I mean, seven goals, 12 assists. He's been just gorgeous. Uh, Connor DeWeer, again, a guy who kind of plays in every situation, power play, penalty kill, but Damian Giroux has really stepped up of like getting lots of assists especially he's had a nice uh, nice few couple of weeks here his games have been very strong uh, he, he had a point streak that went on for a while there it was six games five games in a row but like a ton of points though a total of seven points in five games very 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 good stretch there multiple point games on April 3rd and April 9th. Again, a lot of long gaps in between games, which is annoying. Obviously, you have COVID this, but then there's like weeks off here and there. It's kind of weird. It, it's annoying, actually, a little bit. Will, Will Bitten's been solid all year, 11 points. Again, he's not standing out, but he's been okay. Mason Shaw's definitely dropped off after a, basically a point-a-game stretch there. And Gerald Mayhew, Jerry, Gerald Mayhew, the most popular player on the team, and what a scoring stud he is. But unfortunately, he is... In a lot of ways, I think he's a quad-A NHL player, and that sucks. It sucks. He's an unbelievable AHL player. He's like a league MVP candidate in the AHL, and he comes up to the NHL and doesn't score really at all. He might get like 10 points or something over the course of a real season, and that sucks. Come on. I wish I wish Gerald Mayhew could be a little more consistent because he's so good in the AHL. He's freaking awesome. Um, I don't know even who to compare him in the AHL, but he's, he's good. Whatever he is, he's awesome. Uh, Connor DeWeer, Damien Giroux, though, what a nice run. And, of course, Gabriel Dumont. Gabriel Dumont, God, I love that kind of name. From Degis Poco. Okay, I better stop. Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's, he's French-Canadian, obviously. Gabriel Dumont, uh, 24 points in 25 games. He's the best player overall on the team right now, other than Jerry Mayhew. Uh, again, very good AHL players, you wish they could make it to the NHL. I mean, a name like that, you wish he could be an NHL player. Even Jerry Mayhew, he sounds like he sounds like one of those popular, talented players, you know. But damn it, you know, <laughs> Kalen Addison obviously continues to be great. Uh, he'll put in the points. His numbers have slowed down a tiny bit, but he's a power play phenom pretty much at the AHL level, and I think he'll be an NHL and he's going to be an outstanding defenseman in the NHL for many years. I think and a lot of people are just thrilled about that trade a year ago. Yeah, for Jason Zucker. So, you know, obviously very positive things to look forward to, especially Boldy, Addison, guys like that. But uh, Brandon DeHaim, Connor DeWeer, Damien Giroux, especially uh, yeah, Giroux DeWeer when it comes to those two. DeHaim, DeHaim, we'll see. Again, more of a physical guy moving forward, fourth, third or fourth line type of guy, probably if he gets to the National Hockey League. I'm hoping for the best there. Um, absolutely. And a couple of messages keep popping up. <laughs> Buy that doggy coin out there, guys. Buy doggy coins. Real cheap right now, and it might end up being something. <laughs> I'm not trying. <laughs> Buy doggy coin. Me and my friend Paul have been been dabbling. We've been dabbling a bit, and it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Back to hockey, though. I mean, pretty much that should wrap up the prospect segment. At the end of the day, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back and look at fan interaction right after this. <laughs>
back here on Brave the Wild fan interaction segment. And as luck would have it, Derek Felska with <laughs> Derek Felska got the questions just in time. I mean, he, he, he put them out last night. He put out the questionnaire where people can come and uh, ask and all that. Ask, question, comment, this type of thing. Hashtag BTWMN. Really cool. Thank you so much, Derek. I mean, just unbelievably lucky. Like, he figured he would do it early because he had other things he had to take care of during the course of today and such, and he wanted to make sure it got done. Well, you know what? That was just a perfect timing because if, you know, obviously if we would have waited until today, I would have been like, you know, I understand, obviously, because that's just, I'm not going to ask him at the last second. And then, you know, it doesn't give anybody time to comment or question. So that's how that goes. So I'm happy to, uh, very, very happy to <laughs> be able to do this this way. Uh, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, Derek Felska, Crease and Assist has written some awesome articles, of course. Him and his wife, Teresa, Hope she feels better. She's been uh, uh, under the weather a little bit lately with the after the vaccine. I, I hope you don't mind me uh, saying that. Um, at the end of the day, apologize if I'm stepping out of line a little bit. Uh, Teresa usually writes the uh, game previews. Derek writes the, the the reviews and of course other type of stories as well. Interesting one about uh, the marathon on ice. Incredible story and all that. Back, going back to 1996, you can tell that's the Civic Center. At least I'm pretty sure it is. It sure looks like it. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's the Civic Center. Uh, very, very, very much worthy. Uh, awesome, awesome uh, writer is Derek Felska and his wife, Teresa, as well. Great writers. Do an awesome job. I always like to retweet and uh, pass it on, and he's kind enough to retweet and pass on this show the way he does. I really, really appreciate that. Derek Felska, crease and assist. He was mentioning that he's... Uh, Listening to Brave the Wild as he discusses the Minnesota Wild Week, struggles and successes, Kakinen and the trade deadline, as well as fan questions from Jay Bushy, Brian Herrera, and Jody Halvey. Check it out. Thank you so much. Always. Uh, Vince, uh, excuse me. Tanae Brown, Brown out of New Zealand retweeted the most recent episode. Thank you so much. And I bet he's been frustrated with the Wolves. They just don't win. Not sure I'm going to be able to record that episode this week, but maybe at a, at a certain time it'll pop out. The uh, Tim Rolls Explosion podcast. Um, but uh, thank you so much for the retweets and shares. Really freaking appreciate it so much. And the likes that Chad Walsey, Derek there. Uh, Justin Bakke, Brian Herrera retweeted what uh, Derek said about listening to Brave the Wild. Thank you so much. So that still very much counts as a retweet to me in a big way. Uh, yeah, I made a comment. Yeah, this, uh, this is like twins related, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's part of the notification. I was saying, remember when the twins were good? And then today, out of New Zealand, again, uh, says, Dobnik absolutely stinks this year. And yeah, and he's Canadian, so that can be even more, uh, it gets closer to the wild than I guess other sports that way, because uh, Randy Dobnik's Canadian. Yeah, he's been so disappointing. And right after the Twins signed him to a contract, doesn't that figure? Totally figures, right? That's the up contract nonsense. Uh, yep, Derek with a preview. Some good good games this past week. No question about that. The fourth, Talking about how great the fourth line has been and it stayed hot. Obviously very much recommended. The Marathon on Ice, definitely recommend that one. It's really cool. I love history. Apple Valley and Duluth East documentary. Uh, his take on the documentary film of 1996, Apple Valley, Duluth East. Yep, and that was in the Civic Center back when Civic Center still stood and, and uh, Minnesota tournaments, uh, high school tournaments were played in the Civic Center. XL Energy Center, of course, did not exist. And it was built on top of where the Civic Center stood back in the day. Beautiful arena. Beautiful. absolutely loved the, the ceiling there, how it had that round look. Kind of like Madison Square Garden, but, of course, a lot smaller, unfortunately. Um, some conversation back and forth here. Talking about that uh, article. I'm going to read some of it if it's okay. Might as well to kind of fill up the uh, fan interaction a little bit. Page stat guy says, looking back at it though, more with more objective eyes, 25 years later, yes, it was the greatest game ever played in the tournament, but it took me a while to get over East losing that one, especially in light of Matt Core, uh, the Matt Latour possible goal in the second OT. Holy cow, what a game though! Yeah, I can't imagine coming out uh, on the losing end. That would suck. Derek Felska says, I remember Lou Nanny being kind of non-committal on whether that was a goal or not as they watched the replay. I think we all knew, but there wasn't instant replay back then. Still, it's just another part of the tapestry of a great story, just as the film states. Yeah, cool. Tom Hayen, there he is. He says, it was incredible to be in the building. First, uh, first writing job out of college, and I'm at this game, and then 
early March, I'm sitting at the press table when El Amin hits a three at the buzzer to beat, uh, who was that, STA, who was that again, in the state quarters, I apologize for that one, um, but yeah, yeah, I actually remember the shot, I forget who that is now, I don't know why I forget what school that is, that's my own fault though, I do remember, I do remember seeing that on the news and all that, and I remember actually, yeah, watching a bit of that game as well, Call it Elamine, yep, for uh, Minneapolis North Polars back in the day. That's, of course, basketball, yes. He says, great memories to, to, to type to type the least. <laughs> I meant he said, great memories to say the least. Um, Derek Felska says, I remember seeing Khaled Elamine play in traveling basketball back in the day. Yeah, those are some pretty great events to be part of back then. Yeah, the mid-90s, man. Early to mid-90s. Sports were so much fun, yeah, and they, they still are, but I mean, they, those are good memories. I remember the early to mid-90s and into the late 90s very well, um, very well. Kevin Pate says, from a story I did for the Duluth News Tribune at the time, television commentator Lou Nanny at first wasn't sure about the play. It wasn't until they really showed the replay down that you could see the net move and see the puck hit under the crossbar. Yep, and that was the big goal. I'm going to give him a follow. Hopefully he follows back. We'll see. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> some people follow back. Some people don't. That's just how it all goes. Derek says, I would concur. I remember at first look, uh, first look, he seemed a bit dismissive, but then they showed it down, and you could see the puck in the top of the net. He seemed to have second thoughts, but still did not confirm it. Still, it adds to the intrigue. Uh-huh. Yep. About retweets and this and that. I'll read the preview. Marathon on ice. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. Uh, yeah, here's Derek. This is an interesting one. Yep, now, now here we go. Now we get into the comments and questions and such. I was actually even mentioning about how I got to love the those classic Oakland A's uniforms. I can't help but think of the Retroverse Wild journeys. Yep, Minnesota Wild and the and the Oakland Athletics. The Twins got shut out in both games, by the way, in the doubleheader uh, yesterday. Shut out in both games. Wrap your head around that. What happened to the Twins? Bomba squad, now they're the strikeout squad, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Miguel Sano is the king of striking out. He's like Jose Canseco when he was bad, like when he was at the end of his career and he couldn't hit anymore. All he did was strike out and occasionally hit a home run. That's about it. Here we go. Derek Velska says, as the Sharks, Patrick Marlowe just broke the NHL game's played record that was held by Gordy Howe. Currently with 566 goals and 1,196 points over Marlowe's career, Will he eventually be inducted into the Hall of Fame or not? I say absolutely. Absolutely, he will be inducted in the Hall of Fame. Yep, I believe so. Um, it's pretty good numbers. Uh, is he the most spectacular player ever? No. But has he been, uh, uh, you know, very solid, very strong, very good throughout the course of his career? The games played, the longevity, the numbers. I think he's a Hall of Famer. For the, uh, um, I do. Uh, obviously, you know, he's not Gordy Howe, he's not Gretzky, he's not Lemieux, but he, he you know, I, I, I think he should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's, that's my belief. Uh, next one, yep, he was saying, got a wild question on your mind, ask Brave the Wild, just tag your questions. Hashtag Brave the Wild, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, and if there's some new ones that pop up, I will save them for the next episode. I'll save them for the next episode. Maybe it won't be that far away. Jay Bushy, welcome back. Love it. Uh, he says, with how well Talbot is playing, how does this change the expansion protection for the goalie for the Wild? Um, I think he's still going to be left unprotected, as sad as that is. I, I, I think so. I don't think they're going to unprotect Kapokakinen. I don't think it will change it, unfortunately. Um, that's just my belief. Uh I'm guessing Seattle's going to want somebody younger. There's always a possibility. Maybe they will take him. It'll be like a uh, like a miniature flurry thing. There is that chance. But I'm thinking maybe they got their eyes on someone else and someone maybe a little bit younger, this and that. That's my guess. It would suck to lose him. It really would. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, I think they're going to protect Kakadin. That's just my belief. That's a, such a big age difference, you know. You know, from rookie to like a guy who's in his mid-30s or early to mid-30s. I think he's 33, right? Talbot. So that's my belief. Uh, moving forward, Derek Felska says, with the Wild playing so well right now, if you are Wild head coach Dean Evison, do you change anything? A anything up to get Nick Bukestad back in the lineup? And if so, who sits so that can happen? If not, then he is on standby the rest of the season. 
Well, there's one guy I think that probably could sit. If you're going to sit anybody, I think it's Rask. And and as crazy as that might sound, he's always on like the top line and everything, and top two lines, and he's on the power play all the time, and he's a bit better in the faceoff. At the end of the day, Bukestad is probably not going to get back in the lineup right now. Uh, Sturm's definitely not sitting. Benino's definitely not sitting. Uh, Parisi's not sitting. Parisi's not sitting, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, he might have to be like an injury replacement kind of thing. Like, if somebody gets hurt, then okay, thank God we have Nick Bukestad. That's my belief at this point. Um, if it's anybody, it's Rask. And they seem so reliant on him, even though deep down we all know Rask is, you know, Rask is what he is. He's He wouldn't be here if not for that contract. You know, if, we, if, if it wasn't so high still, he has moments. He can be clutch. Or maybe he'd be here, but in a smaller role, like something like that. Uh, if it wasn't for like the fact that our roster is so, you know, it's really it's really limited and, and such. It's not like he's had a terrible year, but he's obviously his skating is not real good. He turns the puck over a lot. Um, Bukestad's productivity is about the same. At 15 points in 37 games compared to Rask's 16 points in 42 games, it's about the same. In fact, technically maybe slightly better. Rask is a little bit better in the faceoff. So that's probably that probably means Bukestad's like the injury replacement kind of guy or sickness replacement. It's one of those kind of things, because Hartman's probably not going to sit, even though he has not been the guy that you know he had his cute run there for a while, but it's not been that good since he's he's just been good enough. I think he's a little better than Bukestad. Uh, Parisi's better than Bukestad right now. He's been great on that fourth line, but Nino's not sitting. So to, for me, I think Bukestad continues to sit unless they put their foot down on Victor Rask. That's the only way, in my opinion. Um, only way is injuries, or they just had enough of Rask for some reason. Uh, well, yeah, some reason. I can't imagine what that would be. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Derek says, Tia Sins, now I just, something popped up on me. Tia Sins, Bob McKenzie just released his top 100 players list for the 2021 NHL draft. In your opinion, what are three qualities you would like to see the Minnesota Wild focus on in their selections made this June. What are this team's needs? Uh, definitely center in a huge way. Boy, three qualities, huh? Three qualities in their selections. Well, obviously leadership. Leadership is a big thing. Where you know, like like see, I think Sweeney is one of those kind of guys. He's been a winner. You know how we talk about constantly, like shows in this town and and myself and Derek and all of us, we talk about Ian Cole and Nick Benino. Oh, it's like they're not stars, but boy, they really, they, 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 they really are the right kind of guys in the locker room that have made a difference. And I, I see Nick Sweeney that way as well. And that's what I would look at in the draft. Uh, as you can see, guys with that character, obviously, face off, that kind of thing, two hundred feet players, this and that. You know, just legitimate center, please, legitimate center. Continue to ref centers until we really start to strike gold. You know, second, third round, first round. Center, 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 obviously. It wouldn't kill us to see another goaltender picked somewhere uh, out there, even though we have a number of them in the system right now. you got Jones, Hunter Jones. Obviously, Kakinen's already in the NHL, at least as a backup, platoon or starter, whatever he's going to be. Probably a backup or platoon for now, uh, but later on as a potential starter or this and that, like a 1A kind of thing. Um, and, of course, Philip Lindbergh. Some people are saying, oh, I don't know if he's NHL quality, but I think he is. I think Philip Lindbergh has got NHL quality. I think he will adjust enough in the next two to five years to become an NHL goaltender. That's my belief. It wouldn't kill us to take another goalie, though, to at least you know have some insurance. People get hurt. People start good and drop off. Or maybe they just aren't good. This and that. Um... So, leadership, 200-foot, obviously 200-foot game. Guys that are just, you know, they're they're focused, this and that. Obviously, character, leadership, things like that. Um, that that's what we need. We just, we need more of that, more of that. We, we have that, but we need more, uh, obviously. Um, players that can hold, hold other players accountable, obviously. When a guy's a rookie, he's not going to hold a lot of players accountable, obviously. But, again with those type of character abilities. Somebody like, you know, apparently Ryan O'Rourke has. And I believe Kirill Kaprizov has it. I think he has it. Where, you know, he's, he's just constantly focused on both sides of the puck. You know, offense, defense. Uh, guys that are not just kind of lollygagging. Guys that are not just focused on one thing. 
that can do a bit of everything, you know, kind of like balance this and that. And obviously skating is as big as it gets. Skating is huge. Skating, leadership, slash character, kind of like all overall. Those are the three qualities I would go for in a big way. Skating is just so big because you have guys that can't skate and later in their career they're, they're just not good enough. And sometimes they're just never good enough. You know, you could take a guy fourth overall or was it, yeah, fourth fourth overall pick years ago. And a guy that couldn't skate, he luckily for himself, he made it uh, as a third-line player for a little while. <laughs> Benoit Puglia, you know, terrible disappointment. For a fourth overall pick, you want a little bit more. So things like that. That's kind of where I'm focusing. Really good, detailed question that makes it really think there. Thank you very much, Derek. I uh, hope I answered it reasonably well at the end of the day. I hope so. <laughs> um, here we go. So a whole bunch of nopes says he just she just jumped in. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, she just jumped in. Sorry, Jody Halvey. Thank you. Uh, she says when Bukestad is ready to come back, who can the Wild justifiably sit at this point in his place? The only guy I can think of is Rask. Like I was saying with Derek earlier. Um, not that wasn't Derek or was it Derek? I think it was. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, it was Derek. Yeah, I'm I'm coming back with Rask. Yep, I, I say Rask. Or nobody at this point because Parisi's been playing so well. I would have said Parisi, you know, nine out of ten times pretty much before that, and then Rask. <laughs> um, it ain't going to be Fiala, obviously, even though he's had some moments, some disappointing moments, and otherwise, it's one of those type of deals where you know people get hurt all the time. People maybe they miss a game or two. Maybe Bukestad is outstanding, and then he ends up knocking someone else out. So we'll see. It kind of depends, but for right now, I'm sticking with the current lineup if I'm Coach Dean Emerson. Thank you very much for the questions. And again, I hope I answered that pretty uh, reasonably well. Derek, when it comes to the qualities and such, and what we're looking for, character, skating, leadership, that kind of thing. You know, obviously defense is a big deal. You know, you'll be able to play a 200-foot game, especially for a center. You don't want to get a center that's kind of soft, you know, and just plays one side of the puck, basically, and all this and that that type of thing. But, you know, skating's a big thing. You don't want someone who's slow either. You know, that type of thing. Someone who's slow, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just not going to get far. Oh, he's a great AHL player, and you know, oh, wow, he did really well in juniors, and then, oh, he's sorry. He's, he's, he's got 10 goals in 10 years. So, <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay, I'm just exaggerating, but with that said, thank you so much for the interaction, and then, awesome, awesome, thank you. <laughs> it's so fortunate that uh, Derek to kind of jump the gun there, and hey, if you feel like jumping the gun, do it. Do it, because you never know. <laughs> uh, the sporadic release of the show, I apologize. It's going to get a little bit weird moving forward here because of the schedule changes and that. It is what it is. It happens every year. April, you know, and all that, and then, the, you know, the show, the release of the show gets funky until October, November. Well, of course, by that point, I'll do my best to keep up, and then eventually when the lawn service is over, then I can get back into regular Thursday type of deal. That's just how things are. Uh, I can do a regular schedule when I can, and then when I can, I gotta make it sporadic and record when I'm able to. This and that. Uh, get caught up and ha comment and do the best I can. Tell your friends about the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're more than welcome to uh, have a voice record if you could. Voice recording, uh, basically, they call it an audio submission. I better talk about Vigit first, though. God almighty, I keep screwing this up, and I apologize for that. Uh, the Vigit application, highly, highly recommended. You can post about your picks and see what others are, are saying about games. It's basically like a sports betting application without betting real money. Uh, but you can actually win real prizes. There's Vigit betting leagues. V-I-G-I-T is two separate words. Uh, Month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Uh, free play, free-to-play sports book, bet free coins, win real prizes. And betting stats, there's great information available on Vigit on the Vigit line movement where the public is betting. It's real stuff. So you could even use it if you want to, if you want to bet real money in real life, you know, you can maybe use it as a reference, I guess, for that as well. But it's fun to kind of just bet against others with the, uh, the, the play money basically is what it is like Vigit coins. Basically it's like play money on the, on the application and heck, maybe it can make you a better sports better moving forward. That's <laughs> maybe that's the point. But again, you are not, using real money wagering. Very important. They want me to make sure that I let you know that because this is not an actual money bet sporting application. It is for play money at the end of the day. Uh, but it can improve your skills in a big way and it's a fun competition as you create groups, join groups, this and that. Uh, please join Vigit. It's not going to cost you anything. Uh, the referral is Paladino Live. Paladino Live, one word. It will be in the show description. 
Now to get back to the uh, audio submission. I apologize, Megan. I keep doing that. Damn it. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, every smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application. All you got to do is open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, uh, talk for five minutes or so, you know, comment, question, whatever the heck, go all over the place. Stick to hockey if you can for the most part. That'd be great. Maybe add a joke if you want to. It's up to you. It's, it's you know, I'm not going to get offended, I don't think. I don't think I will. <laughs> Very unlikely. Um, then you just uh, email it slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Major shout-outs, of course, to MNW Prospects. Again, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll mention it again because it was so brief. Uh, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Bakke. Brandon Quast, awesome, awesome page that we all talk about, and myself, of course. We all, uh, Chad Walski contributes off and on as well. He's, he's uh, from Minnesota Wild Global. Chad Walski, awesome guy. Um, we talk about the Euro Leagues, college, AHL, ECHL, uh, junior leagues in Canada and the United States, this and that. Mostly in Canada with the junior leagues, but you get the idea. I personally covered the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Q as they call it, and the BCHL, but they've been inactive this year, so I've been inactive, unfortunately, for that. I also write for Gone Puck Wild. Really appreciate that. Lake Martin, Aaron Heckman, and others really appreciate that page in a big way. Uh, Gone Puck Wild. Gone Puck Wild, of course, they're part of Fan Sided. I'm very proud. I've been kind of in and out. I've been starting articles, and then things change, and then I can't really write the article because it's, it's different. You know, it would be inaccurate or out of date. So that's the frustrating part. And then the schedule gets busy. Woohoo! Story of my life, right? At least the last X amount of years now. Of course, Derek Felska, crease and assist, majorly recommended. I mentioned uh, him a lot. And, of course, he writes the, the reviews. His wife writes the previews for games. And, of course, Derek also writes other stories. We talked about that a bit with the... Uh, uh, Marathon on Ice. Um, and, of course, uh, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, David Kostick, Chance Kostick, Chad Walski, Kathy Main, David Abraham, Michael Fick. Love that page very much. Uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, also with Patrick Turner, another awesome, awesome Minnesota Wild page out there. Very kind people that allow me to share about the show a bit on those pages. Really appreciate it, and great hockey community. Can't thank you guys enough. You're awesome. Every one of you are just the best. Uh, God bless you, and we will talk hockey soon. Hopefully, the Minnesota Wild keep up their winning ways, and hopefully I'm able to get behind the mic sooner rather than later. Until then, take care.